0: What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to another action-packed edition of the Another 71 Podcast. As always, I'm your humble host, Jeff Elliott, a licensed CPA in the state of Kansas, by the grace of God and to the chagrin of many, and the number is growing daily, I assure you. Happy Monday to you. Today is Monday, December 19th, 2022. Happy Monday to you. It's almost Christmas, so, an early Merry Christmas to you. Yes, we still say Merry Christmas around these parts. (laughs) If you have a question, I have an answer. Hopefully, it is a good one. You can email me jeff at another71.com. That is jeff at another71.com. This is episode 105. We've done 105 of these so far. Hard to believe, all right. Let's get started. Nate writes in, this is my second time taking auditing. So I have already gone through my Becker CPA review material. I have read the notes for Ninja a few times, but I've not been improving in my MCQ performance, around 70% every session. I've read that the questions are harder than the AICPA questions, and that I may be struggling because I need to worry about all of the material from NINJA which the questions are based on. Is this normal or should I worry that I'm not improving? Well, first of all, all of the reputable CPA review providers use AICPA questions. Now, uh, that means that we have a license from the AICPA to use the questions and these are former CPA exam questions that technically are never supposed to be seen again on the CPA exam. But it gives you a snapshot into what is going to be tested. Now, that said, like the Ninja MCQ test bank has over 7,000 questions. Now, there are some there are only so many ways that you can answer a bonds question or a lease question or a tax basis question. And so, while the questions that you see in Ninja MCQ, your Becker CPA review test bank, etc., are not verbatim what you'll see on the CPA exam. They are pretty close, and um, so just because you're struggling with Ninja doesn't really have anything to do with the fact that they are AI-CPA questions because Becker also has AICPA questions. Now. Um, There are some overlap amongst the providers, but all of the answer explanations are unique to the providers because each, the AICPA, just a little inside baseball for you, the AICPA releases the questions to the providers and every year, usually about April, they release the, uh, like so in April 2023, they will release the 2023 AICPA release questions to to the providers and then we will, the only thing that they provide are the answer explanations. Or sorry, are the answer, well the answer is. Then we, we, we as providers will need to write the answer explanations. And so each CPA review course writes their own answer explanations and hopefully they're good. <laughs> so, uh, the fact that you're struggling with NINJA questions doesn't have anything to do with the fact that they are AICPA questions. It could just be a coincidence that you're just struggling in general, and it probably has to do with just how you're studying, just need a little tweak. So, uh, your second time taking auditing, you've already gone through your Becker CPA review material, and you're supplementing with NINJA, you've read the notes for NINJA a few times, and you're struggling with MCQ. What I would do is every Ninja MCQ question that you miss, or maybe you kinda guessed at it, or you might miss later, what I would do is, I would take notes. And so, um, every question is, well, depending on what it is, it could provide up to four learning opportunities. Why one answer explanation is correct, and why the other three are incorrect. Now, if the answer explanation says, um, B is incorrect (laughs) because the answer's not B, well, then that's not real helpful. But, like I said, each answer explanation is a unique learning opportunity. And so, write down um, just what I call the little fact nugget What is the, what concept is the question testing over? What little rule are they getting at? And then write that down. And then as you work through the MCQ, especially when you're in your final review, when you start with your weakest topics first and work backward, um, you want to take notes. And so, you miss this question. Write down just just a little bullet point. What's the what's the fact nugget that they're testing over? And like I said, in your final review, um, you want to you want to work questions. So you want to do um, topic specific questions. So you're taking auditing. So audit sampling. So let's say audit sampling is your weakest area. You wanna hit audit sampling until you're scoring in the mid-70s and then move on to your next weakest topic. But as you miss a question, write it down. Like, don't write a novel, just write, what I would do is I would take a legal pad and write a line down the middle and then make little bullet points. And then you're you're gonna have this killer set of notes to review. It's a good idea to to do that with, while you're going through the concepts, but it's also a really good idea to do that as you're going through the MCQ. And as you miss questions, your score will improve. You might have to go through um, twenty. Well, so I would do twenty question mini testlets over a specific topic, and do those until you are scoring seventy five or above, and then move on to your next weakest topic. So it might take you three mini testlets to get through audit sampling because you because the first two teslets, you you're building up your your knowledge base of audit sampling. But then as you start to write down those little fact nuggets, um, you will build a knowledge base, and then maybe by the third testlet, the third mini-testlet, you're starting to to learn. And so, where audit sampling used to be a weakness, now it's a strength, because you're, because you're because you're taking notes, it's really important to take notes, and so that's the best way to improve on your MCQ performance. Debasis, I'm sure I butchered your name, writes in: Does Ninja CP Review have mini mock exams? Instead of a four-hour test, I can have one and a half to two hours in a mini mock. CPA exam window. Okay, so Ninja MCQ has practice exams, which I hate practice exams, not a fan of it. The only reason why I include practice exams in Ninja MCQ is that is so that I don't field emails about why I don't have practice exams. Um, the reason why I hate practice exams is because they are slightly better than worthless. They are a huge waste of time. You can spend four hours and score a seventy-five percent, and what does that tell you? Uh, not much, because a seventy-five percent is not a seventy-five on the CPA exam. Uh, just anecdotally, I believe a seventy-five is closer to like a strong B, you know, B plus ish. That's what I that's, that's what I personally believe a seventy-five is because. Uh, a 75 means that you meet the minimum requirements to serve the public interest. Okay? That's what being a CPA <laughs> that's what being a CPA means. It means that you meet the minimum requirements to serve the public interest. Okay? And so I believe that scoring a 75 on the CPA exam is like, you know, a strong B. It ain't a mid-C, okay? That was me in college. (laughs) I am proof that God has a sense of humor. And uh, so I I just had better things to do in college, like go to class and study. So it was just part of my journey. (laughs) But uh, anyway, uh, and so yes, Ninja has mock exams. Do we have mini mock exams? No. Um, But you can create your own, well, uh, not not officially, but what I recommend that you do is do twenty question mini testlets that are topic specific. It doesn't say what exam you're taking, but um, I would do twenty question mini testlets. So in Ninja MCQ, do a session of twenty. Click into the blueprints because Ninja is divided into the blueprint sections, and I would. I would either get granular, so drill down into a blueprint area, or I would do like the blueprint area at like a macro level. Um, and so that's what I would do. And that's a better use of your time because in study mode, so practice exams are not in study mode. Study mode means you, you see the question, you choose your answer, and then it shows you either why you got it correct or why it was incorrect. And there's a learning opportunity there. And your your MCQ sessions are not supposed to test you. The only time that you're supposed to be tested on your mastery of the material is on exam day. Everything up to that point, you're building up knowledge. You build up knowledge, you barf it out on exam day, and you go home. That's what the CPA exam is. And in study mode, you can do that. So do the question, see the answer explanation, and write down why I got it wrong, and then move on to the next question. And that's what I would do. I would do, I would, you know, you wanna spend one and a half to two hours, that's great. So, one and a half to two hours, you can knock out five to six mini, mini teslets. And uh, so that's what I would do. And Kita writes in, couldn't find another place to thank you for creating this website. Ninja CP Review was the reason I started passing the exams in the first place. I can now finally say I'm done with all four sections. You have created an amazing site of study materials and your dedication to your students is amazing. Thank you for creating Ninja. This was truly a wonderful community to be a part of. On days I felt the lowest after failing, I could turn to the forums and groups for encouragement and advice, all the material is incredible and truly helped me through this journey. So thank you, Jeff. Um, I appreciate you writing in. Um, I love those emails, because sometimes I get the opposite of those. And uh, the reason why I included that is is <laughs> I send an email, say, hey, I'm doing a podcast. If you, um, if you're, if you're not on my email list, by the way, you, sh- you should be. Another Go to another71.com forward slash free. Then you'll know what I'm doing in a podcast, and then you can submit a question by saying, hey, if you submit a question, I promise you I will answer it. And so that came in. <laughs> so I promise you I don't take testimonial videos and insert them into the podcast. I let them come organically. So I appreciate that, Ankita, and um, I do appreciate The kind words, sometimes I get the opposite, and so uh, those types of emails, um, they, they do mean a lot to me. So congratulations on being done. While Ninja may have been helpful, you did the hard work, so well done. Jess writes in, do I have to complete reading the Ninja Notes before jumping into the MCQ? No, so with the Ninja Framework, you have nail the concepts, intense, intense notes, nonstop MCQ. Just rewrite your notes, and then it all comes together. Now, the MCQ portion is the NIN, um, nonstop MCQ. It's the third step. Now, the ninja notes really fall into uh, the ninja framework in two ways. Number one, if If you did not take good notes, then in the N-I-N-J, the just rewrite your notes, you can rewrite the ninja notes, and that's fine. In fact, a lot of people do that. Uh, But then also, you want to be reading the ninja notes as many times as possible at the very beginning. So by the time that you've, you know, your, your six, seven, eight week study program is finished, you've read through the ninja notes like so many times that you, that you basically like have them memorize. And you also want to start listening to the Ninja Audio from day one so that by the time you've, get, you've gotten to your exam, you've, listen, you've listened to the Ninja Audio at least once a week. So every time you're driving, at the gym, walking your dog, doing laundry, doing dishes, whatever. If you want to listen to it while at work, you know, you can study while at work. So that by the time that you get to your exam, you've been through it so many times that you can finish my sentences. And I get emails from people that are like, Hey, I can hear your voice on exam day. <laughs> I'm sorry. And it helped me. So and even if you haven't so starting from scratch, you're starting you're studying for far and you haven't done not for profit accounting yet, because you know, that doesn't probably come till later in your curriculum. Well, you can still listen to the not-for-profit accounting Ninja audio because by the time that you actually get to the lectures, if you're <clears throat> if you're using Becker, then by the time that you get to the not for, not-for-profit accounting Becker lectures, or if you're just going Ninja only, then by the time you either watch the Ninja sparring uh, not-for-profit accounting lecture or reading in the Ninja book, by the time you've you've gotten there, it will. It obviously won't like teach you all of the material, but it will help you with a lot of the base concepts, and so it's easier to absorb the material when you have already listened to it through the audio. So back to the original question: Do I have to complete reading the Ninja Notes before jumping into the MCQ? No, Um, you actually should start reading the Ninja Notes before you get to the MCQ phase, and you know hopefully by the time you've done that, you've. Been through the Ninja notes at least two or three times, and that would be great. Sarah writes in, "Hello, I recently failed far with a sixty-four. I'm trying to pick myself back up after this. I just purchased your Ninja materials and would like to know where to begin. Which aspects of Ninja would be most helpful for me? I need help understanding how to proceed after failing far. So failed far with a sixty-four. Also using Becker." And, okay, so the first thing to do is to evaluate how you're studying. So previously, you didn't use NINJA or you didn't add NINJA to your Becker course. Now, not only are you going to add NINJA to your Becker course, but you're going to study differently. You're going to study using the NINJA framework, which is nail the concepts, intense notes, nonstop MCQ, just rewrite your notes, and it all comes together. So the NINJA framework <clears throat> allows you to study more efficiently and effectively. So Um, you want to stay with Becker plus Ninja. So you would want to nail the concepts with your Becker materials, which means you get through your Becker lectures in a week and a half to two weeks. Let's nail the concepts. Intense notes. While you are watching your Becker lectures, then you want to take really good notes. So at the end of the one and a half to two weeks, you have like, this cool set of, or you're starting this cool set of like legal pads, this, this stack. So, nail concepts, intense notes, then you get to non MCQ. This is when you switch over to Ninja MCQ and you start working Ninja MCQ doing topic specific mini testlets. I'm not a fan, so Ninja has a learning algorithm where you can just, just hit go and it will <clears throat> start feeding you questions based on what you know or don't know because it it's, it's adaptive learning. I'm not a fan of, of doing that approach. I like doing the topic specific questions. So we're in the non MCQ phase. Super important, while you're doing your MCQ, also take notes. So you have that, you're starting that killer set of legal pads from your Becker lectures <clears throat> and then that continues when you're using Ninja MCQ for um, the non-stop MCQ phase then just rewrite your notes. So you can either rewrite your notes or you can rewrite the ninja notes. A lot of people do that. And then it all comes together in your final review. And then what you wanna do there is you wanna watch the ninja cram. And, and I would watch the ninja cram like the weekend or like a few days before your actual exam so it's fresh in your mind. You also wanna start, so it all comes together in a final review. You also want to start working your, your Ninja MCQ topics, weakest to strongest. You do 20 question mini testlets. So this is far, let's say that your weakest topic is not for profit accounting. So you do not for profit accounting, you do a set of 20. And you score 55. You do another set of 20, you score 65. You do another set of 20, you score 75. Boom, that's the magic number. It's just kind of an arbitrary threshold. You move on to your next weakest topic, which is leases. And then same thing, set of 20, set of 20, set of 20, and then you hit 75, mid-70s-ish, move on. And that's how I would review, all the while listening to the Ninja Audio, all the while reading your Ninja Notes as many times as possible. Put the Ninja Notes on your phone, read it wherever you go, Maybe even create like a shortcut wherever like Instagram or Facebook was on your phone, maybe you trick, maybe you trick your thumb. So you know your, your, your thumbs get that muscle memory. <laughs> maybe you accidentally oops, accidentally open up the ninja notes every time and then okay fine, while well, I'm here, I'll just read this stuff. It's boring, but whatever. And that's what I would do. So um, then the other path would be so that's the ninja as a supplement path. then the other path would be the ninja only path which instead of using your Becker Lectures, that you would use Ninja Sparring or Ninja Book instead of um, your Becker Lectures, which for the the concepts, but everything else is the same. So, you'll be fine. Hope that's helpful. Jayuki writes in, I had to take a break from my studies to homeschool the kids while we were all in quarantine. Thankfully, there were only mild symptoms and everyone recovered. Now comes the familiar feeling of guilt from stopping and dread regret dread slash regret of starting back up again. Any tips on recovery, getting back on track, um, now that the holiday season is ramping up? Okay, one of the hardest things of CPA exam prep is is the starting and stopping, which is why, starting, stopping, and then starting again, which is why it's extremely dangerous to take a break after you pass an exam, so when I passed FAR the first time, I felt like I'd passed the CPA exam, okay? And so, I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna, t- <laughs> I didn't mean to take a year off, it just kinda happened, like, it's never a good time to, to start studying again, and that's what I did. So consequently, I, um, after my 74, 74 in reg, I lost my FAR credit, so then I, the next time, after I went 74, 92 on reg, and then I passed FAR again the second time. So, I can identify with it all. I can I, I can identify with 74s, because I scored two of them. I can identify with being one point from being a CPA, because that was me. I can identify with losing a credit, because I lost the worst one, which is FAR. And, um, and so, starting, again, after a break, is extremely difficult. Because, like, you just kinda lose that momentum. It's boring, there's, you know, you have to go back, you have to go back through the whole process of sacrificing your free time, sacrificing time with your family. The Saturday mornings, the kids are like, mom, dad, let's go, watch a movie, let's go play. You're always studying, you're always working. It's the whole guilt thing. And my biggest piece of advice would be in your situation is is to write down all of the reasons why you want to be a CPA. So they can be they can be like very specific because I'm going to get, I'm going to make X more dollars a year, which is X more dollars over the course of my career. It can be because my my dad or my grandfather will be super proud of me. It can be because I really want that promotion. It can be because I'm going to prove that jerk uncle who told, who told me at Thanksgiving that I don't have what it takes. I can prove to that professor that you had for accounting two back when you were a sophomore or junior or or whatever who didn't think accounting was right for you, (laughs) even though they've long since forgotten about you. Whatever enemies you need to create, do it. It's good. Write out every reason why you wanna be a CPA because it can't just be, because um, my dad wants me to. It can be I want to I want my dad to be proud of me. that's good, but my dad wants me to, you're not going to get up and study. Write it all down, map it all out and I would tape it to your bathroom mirror. And if you have to make another copy and um, like tape it to the tape it on the cabinet, right above the coffee maker. So when it's five in the morning and you've set your alarm in the kitchen, so you gotta run out of your bedroom to the kitchen, turn the turn the alarm off, and then the night before you've set it up so that you hit go on your coffee maker, you sit there and like hate life for a minute, rub your eyes, uh, check, your, <clears throat> check your phone to see if anyone posted anything interesting on Facebook since six hours ago when you last looked at it. Maybe I'm the only one. Um, Like, there it is. Right above the coffee maker, 5 a.m. Why I want to be a CPA. And it's like, um, I want my kids to have better things. And passing the CPA exam is a vehicle to do that. So write it down and then post it everywhere. I mean, make as many copies as you need to. Tape it in the shower. (laughs) Like, and whenever you find yourself, or wherever you find yourself most vulnerable, like, you know, if you have an Xbox, like, (laughs) tape it to the Xbox. Like, hey, I'm gonna go over, you know what, maybe I should not sit and play Apex Legends. I don't actually play Apex Legends, not because I'm above that, because I know I'll, I would be addicted to it. <coughs> um, but my kids play it, and uh, so <laughs> anyway, whatever it is for you, but write it down, and um, because all this suffering—I mean, let's be real; these are first-world problems here. We're not suffering, but this isn't fun, so. Why are, why are we going through this? It's for a reason. What is that reason? Let's remind ourselves. Write it down. Christy writes in, all right Jeff, how do I keep myself from second guessing every MCQ answer? This is my second go around. My first try on the CPA exam was seven years ago before life got in the way. And I had this issue then too. Whenever I do an MCQ, I find the answer and, and I second guess myself. Seventy-five percent of the time, I was initially correct. I tell myself not to second guess, but I still do. Any tips, please? Yeah. So you're OCD, and we accountants, we are, uh, we are certainly prone to OCDness, which is why, I guess, because we're accountants, or it's one of the things that maybe, that maybe um, draw us to accounting, which is. Rules, order, math, organization, <laughs> and so here's the thing: you have to get over your OCD if you want to pass the CPA exam for two reasons. Number one, um, you will never get you will never get through the material, especially with FAR. Like FAR is a mile wide and an inch deep. You'll never get through it. There are people who think they have to study like three months, four months for FAR just because they wanna get through every nuance of every topic just in case. Well, guess what? All that does is it it weakens you over time because the further that you get away from that first module, the more likely it is that you're going to forget it. And so that's why I tell people, Never, ever, 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 ever study more than seven or eight weeks for any exam, ever. And if any CPA review instructor out there tells you otherwise, they are 110% wrong. Always, no exceptions, okay? (laughs) You can tell them Jeff said so. I'm sure they'll love that. I'm sure they love me anyway. Okay, so, that's why you have to map out. I'm gonna take two weeks max to nail the concepts, so to get through the lectures. Now the OCD-ness will pop up, hey, we only made it through eight out of 10 modules, and so we need to check off that box. Tough, you're moving on. If you don't move on, then you'll never get through it in seven or eight weeks, and it's going to turn into nine weeks, 10 weeks, <clears throat> and then you'll have plenty of opportunities to go through that material again because you'll be retaking your exam. So that's where OCD can uh, mess you up on the CB exam, part one. Part two <clears throat> is on exam day and you start your exam, doing great, smooth sailing, Question four, question five, man, I'm just awesome. And question six comes, and it's a calculation. It's a ratio. You can't get any of the answers to come out. So what do we do? Well, we sit there and we stare at it for 10 minutes. And nothing's happening, everything's just kinda starting to turn black, We're we're frustrated, we're panicking get shortness of breath. Oh crap, I'm going to fail. Well, yeah, you are going to fail if you don't abort mission and get out of MCQ number 6 and move on. So, whatever your time budget is, 2 minutes per exam or 2 minutes per question, 3 minutes per question, whatever you budget on exam day, like if you go beyond that, you just got to punt. So, pick B or C and move on. Why B or C, I'll explain that some other time. You can pick A if you want, or D. Or you can just flip coin, I guess you can't flip coin in the exam. <clears throat> but whatever your go-to is for your guess, A, <clears throat> I personally say B or C, whichever one looks the best, and then move on. Because every minute beyond your budgeted time frame for that particular MCQ is gonna cost you on your simulations and you're gonna kick yourself because you get to your final simulation, you've got like 30 seconds left. And anyone who's ever gotten the old 30 seconds left, oh crap, last simulation, they know what I'm talking about. All you're doing is like drop down, drop down, drop down, drop down, you know, uh, you know zero, 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 zero. Because you don't wanna leave it blank. Well, but how you prevent that is back on question six. You can't get the ratios to come out. So you think, hmm, I remember when Jeff said in the podcast, pick B or C, or I'm gonna regret it later, I think I'm just gonna do that, that's what you do. B or C, move on. So if you start second-guessing yourself, um, when you're in study mode, second-guessing yourself, just start practicing, doing it the right way. B or C, move on. In study mode, write that little fact nugget down. On exam day, B or C, move on and don't ever go back through the test and check your answers. Like that is a major mistake. People do it. I did it a few times. I was, it's very tempting. Don't. <laughs> Public service announcement. Don't do it. And pick the correct answer. Pick the one that you believe is the correct answer. In study mode, move on. Exam day, move on and you'll thank me later. Aldith writes in, what's the difference between Ninja CPA and Superfast CPA? All right, so I get to talk about a competitor. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So how I approach competitors is kind of the golden rule, treat people the way that you would want to be treated. Now. I know how it feels to have competitors not be fair to you. If you, There are a lot of online reviews about Ninja written by my competitors who don't want you to buy Ninja. They want you to instead buy um, a much more expensive CPA review course, click their affiliate link so that they will get paid because you purchased their course. There's no monetary incentive, incentive for, the, for you to buy Ninja, but they target Ninja, they don't want you to buy Ninja, they kinda crap on Ninja. <laughs> so, um, that's my soapbox, I'm over it, <laughs> I promise. Um, okay, so I am very biased. I own Ninja, I'm talking about a competitor. So, um, while I'm not independent, I still have to be objective, so. um, I am familiar with Nate at Superfast CPA. Um, I don't think he gives out his last name. I think it's like a secret, so I won't say his last name. Um, But, in general, I think he's a really nice guy. Uh, From an entrepreneurial standpoint, I'm impressed with him because he seems to be a very hard worker, I looked at his I looked at his website um, to answer this question, and he's, he's doing a lot of podcasts, which is like, anyone can start a podcast. It's, you know, what are you doing a year, two years later? And he, he's still cranking at it. Really admires work ethic in that regard. His ads seem to be everywhere. So that's good, I think, <laughs> anyway. Um, so doing a really good job there from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Anecdotally, I see people on Reddit recommending his study methods, so um, I've only really heard good things about him and his products. In general, I think Superfast CPA Review is, it's another another study framework, I think he calls it his study hacks. It's a way to study, and so it's a study methodology plus he has some notes and some audios, much like NINJA, study methodology, notes and audios, but uh, so since you asked what's the difference between NINJA CPA and Superfast CPA, let's compare the two. So I went to the Superfast CPA website and haven't looked at it in a while. So it looks like he has three bundles, two bundles, I'm There's a 697 and a 997, but there's three models. Anyway, uh, we'll go with the with the 997 because that's his that's his all encompassing deal, and compare that with Ninja CPA Review Monthly. So um, first, so the Super Fast CPA Pro Course gets you. 13 walkthrough videos, a pro discussion forum, slides and worksheets from the videos, MCQ strategy walkthrough video, SIM strategy walkthrough video works with any review course. Hit pause there. Uh, so super fast CPAs, 13 walkthrough videos. So that's probably like how to study, I would guess. I don't. Um, Ninja has Ninja sparring which is our live tutoring that we do four times a week. And so for far our our Ninja sparring library is 100 hours, our auditing library is 59 hours. A regulation sparring library is 56 hours and BEC is also 56 hours. So with Superfast you get looks like 13 walkthrough videos with Ninja you get you know over over 200 hours. So I guess ninja I guess I guess we will keep score. Ninja gets the win there. a pro discussion forum. Um, so it must be an internal message message board. Ninja also has that, so we'll call that a push. Slides and worksheets from the videos. Um, so super fast CPA gives you slides and worksheets, and ninja sparring. Um, all of the Excel spreadsheets, like you get that with the videos, so we'll call that a push. MCQ strategy walkthrough video, uh, well, Ninja Sparring has like a ton of them, so. Um, probably lean towards Ninja Monthly, but we'll call it a push. Sim strategy walkthrough video, like, like so, we actually walk through a whole library of MCQs and SIMs on how to solve them. I don't know, so but we'll call it a push. Works with any review course. Superfast CPA works with any review course. Ninja Monthly works with any review course. We have our Ninja-only path, and then just as a supplement path, we'll call that a push. So, keeping score, um, Ninja is up. One nothing. (laughs) 13 walkthrough videos versus over 200 hours of videos. So, Ninja's up one nothing. Uh, Then the study tools, so there's the pro package and the study bundles, which includes more things. Review notes for all four sections, Ninja notes. Review notes for all four sections, push. Audio notes for all four sections. Ninja monthly has audio notes for all four sections, push. Source document and audio files. Um, I guess those are just the downloadable files. Ninja has that push. <clears throat> MC or mini quizzes for all four sections. Um, this is where I think is a Ninja has a distinct advantage. So Ninja is a full-blown adaptive learning, complete, comprehensive MCQ simulation platform with 7,000 multiple choice questions and 200 plus simulations. Maybe it's I should probably look. What are we up to now? Ninja has 7,067 multiple choice questions and 357 <laughs> simulations. <clears throat> Compare that with mini quizzes. I think objectively you have to go with Ninja. Simplified questions for on the go. I don't know what that is. So um, that's, I guess, I'll add that to the super fast MCQ. I think still, Ninja still beats that super fast CPA companion app app access. Um, we never developed an app for Ninja. We, we really put all of our <clears throat> time, energy, and money into um, a very robust um, MCQ platform that is also uh, browser friendly on your phone. So it didn't make an app. But we give Superfast CPA the edge there. I was, I was looking up someone else the other day, and I saw an ad for the Superfast CPA app. So, um, so, so I'd say Ninja's up two to one. And then the total bundle um, is so everything in the first two deals. Superfast CPA has a 60 day guarantee. I would assume that's a money back guarantee. Ninja has a 30 day uh, no drama money back guarantee. So I guess um, you have the edge with Superfast CPA if you don't like it. So, so we'll call it 2 2. <laughs> um, <clears throat> lifetime access never expires. All future updates are free. No never ending subscription. I wonder who that's a, a reference to. Um, so, but here, here's here's the price nine ninety seven. Okay, how much does Ninja Monthly cost? Sixty seven. So um, I did. I pulled up the calculator. It would take. Um, so for for nine ninety seven, you would get fourteen point eight months. So we'll, we'll round it up, 15. We'll get 15 months of Ninja for 9.97. dollars 97 Now, um, here's the deal. With Ninja, you can like start with FAR. Well, I, I guess they also have um, the bundles. So like the FAR bundle is 250 bucks. So um, I'm gonna put the advantage Firmly in the ninja camp on the price because you get, um, well, so study methodology, you can use, you know, super fast CPA methodology or ninja methodology, whichever one you want to use. Call it a push. We each have methodologies, we each have study planners, so it's push. Ninja notes, super fast CPA notes, push. Ninja MCQ versus super fast quizzes. Uh, advantage heavily in Ninja MCQ, Ninja Audio versus Superfast CPA Audio. Push. This is a big one. Ninja Book. Um, Ninja Book is a full-blown CPA review course book. It's um, it's voluminous, and so um, you can study using only Ninja and the Ninja Book, and that will that will replace like. Your course lecture. So you can read the ninja book, and then that that satisfies the nail of the concept. So uh, a heavy advantage for ninja there. So um, what is ninja up four to two? (laughs) The videos and the MCQ and the app and Uh, the price, the book, so Ninja's up, Ninja's up four to one, I guess. If you're watching this, you're like, no, Jeff, you can't do math, okay. Um, Ninja also has flashcards, and uh, Ninja Cram, like, that's a really big deal. So the far Cram is 13 hours, Auditing Cram, 10 hours, BEC Cram, eight hours. Red Cram, nine hours. I mean, that's that's a huge advantage with, with Ninja. So, uh, <clears throat> I believe that Ninja has a lot more and uh, it costs a lot less, but my opinion doesn't matter. Ultimately, um, what you should do is try both. So, you can try, um, the Ninja free trial. I'm sure he has a free trial. He has a free gra- free guidance and MCQs. Probably gets you on a uh, on a mailing list or whatever, and you get a drip email about trial. So uh, again, hope I was objective there. Um, I I think Nate is doing a great job. Impressed with him as an entrepreneur and. You know he's out there, kind of in the same space as I am. We're just uh, little, minnow, little minnows, little minnows in an ocean full of big sharks that want to kill us. And uh, hopefully he um, respects me because I certainly respect him. So, uh, so ultimately, there you have it. I would do free trials of both. Showhit writes in, hi Jeff, I hope you're doing well. I used Ninja as a supplement with Becker's. I'm currently studying FAR. I have a question related to how to retain so much data and information, like I study one module, but as I am on modules four through five, I forget to, I forget module one. There's so much data, I'm feeling scared how it will be covered, I have completed it One time, two months back, but I'm studying again now that I have my exam, January 2023. Please help me with any tips you have. Yes, it's a common common problem. This is why uh, you have nailed the concepts, but then right after that it's intense notes because, like you said, modules four through five, you forget what you did in module one, which is why you take the notes. Don't highlight, okay, painting, your books with pretty, pretty colors is not gonna help you retain the information. Instead, take notes. Get a stack of legal pads and your favorite pen. I was gonna look for my favorite pen, but I don't have it. Anyway. (laughs) I'm, I'm a huge fan of, so like, whatever type of pen you like to write with, like go to Staples, Office Depot, whatever the store is near you, and, Get a stack of legal pads and then buy like several packages of your favorite pen. Whatever you like to write with. And as you're as you're going along, make make little bullet points down the side of your legal pad. Actually make a line down the middle of it. That way you can do it on both sides. Take notes and then review those notes. Super important. It's I mean, it's not pointless to watch a video if you're not going to review it again, but you'll get a lot more out of it, and your brain will stay a lot more engaged because you're active learning. You're not just staring at it and like, you know, checking your phone while you listen to videos. Okay, great. No, you're actively taking notes. It makes the time go faster, and it makes it's it's a lot more. Um, efficient and effective use of your study time. So take notes and then routinely review the notes and then nonstop MCQ, intense notes, no sorry, <laughs> nail the concepts, intense notes, non-stop MCQ, just rewrite your notes. How you remember what you studied in week one is you rewrite those notes. It forces your brain to reprocess those long form scribbles into Tiny fact nuggets that will mean something to you on exam day. So you want to rewrite those notes, and that's how you do it. Chris writes in I'm 41. I have three kids. I've been out of school for eight plus years. Planning on taking far in March. How long does it take the brain to get back into study mode? Is this a reasonable time frame? Yeah, so this is. December and March yeah it's actually it's actually too long. So it's uh you know we'll say it's mid December now but you start studying after Christmas. So you start studying January 2nd. So all of January, all of February, yeah, take far early March. Yep. How long does it, how long to take the brain to get back in study mode? Not long. You really you really need to have a plan. Like map out how you're going to study twenty hours a week, and then to stay in study mode, just don't ever get out of it. So don't ever allow yourself to hit snooze. And then there's ways to combat that, like putting your alarm clock in the kitchen. Really important to um, get your coffee maker ready the night before, so you just have to hit go. You don't have to like, you know, do all the stuff Grind if. If you're a coffee snob like me, you actually grind your own beans <laughs> and do that the night before, even though it's even though it doesn't taste as good. So <laughs> But you don't wanna wake up the kiddos at five AM because then they're coming out and they wanna watch Paw Patrol and you know, you don't you're not getting any studying done once that happens. And um, So, stay in study mode, so decide, okay, I'm going to listen to the Ninja audio every time I'm in the car. So, you know, you can load it on on Spotify. Obviously, there's a lot more fun things to listen to on Spotify than me. But, just decide that you're in study mode, and you're going to be in study mode, and you're going to sacrifice and do very boring things until you're all done. Like, just sacrifice for a short period of time knock it out, knock the the CPA exam out, and then get your life back. So getting into study mode is easy, just start. Staying in study mode is the hard part, and it's repetitive behavior, it's training yourself that this isn't optional, this is what we do now. And so it's it's really just a lot of behavioral psychology. And uh, so the fact that you're 41, Three kids, been out of school eight plus years, like who cares? Like that doesn't matter. That's, that's, um, you you have a review course for a reason. And, you know, the average age of a CPA candidate is like 29, according to NASBA, or it was. And so, I mean, 29 let's say you get your 150 hours, so get your undergrad done you your 22, 23, just the average person, 20, 22, 23, uh, get your 150 hours, whatever, so 23, 24, max. And so the average CPA can has been out of school five years, all right? So the fact that you've been out of school eight years, doesn't matter. Hope that's helpful. Horace writes in, what do you do to stay motivated, I, have a, I am having a tough time with focus after leaving work, especially during this holiday season. Well, there's a couple of things. First of all, you need to remember why you're doing this. So let the opportunity, let the theoretical money, let the, uh, the boost to your self-esteem, um, you know the fact that you tackled this incredibly tough exam. Um, let all of those things motivate you. Like so, this is the why you're taking the CPA exam: more money, uh, better career options, never having to walk into a job interview again, having to apologize for why you're not yet a CPA. Because inevitably, your employer will start. Well your, your potential employer will try to justify in their head why you're not a CPA. Are you and are you, are you not smart enough? Are you lazy? And it's, it's likely none of those. It's just that it just hasn't happened yet. But never having to walk into a job interview again, especially those internal job interviews where you really want to, to get that promoted, because you're a better candidate than that person who is a C- who has the, well, they don't have their CPA license because you work in industry, and you know they either let their license lapse because they don't want to do the CPE, or they just, or it says on, on their certificate that they pass the CPA exam, which oftentimes in industry is like enough. Um, now. Um, so the fact that you never have to walk into a job interview apologizing for why you're not a CPA, like let that motivate you. Whatever it is, so that's how you motivate yourself in order to study. Like as far as like why you're on the journey, but um, as you go along the journey, I think you need to have little carrots along the way to motivate you. Um, you know. Whatever your favorite thing is to do, um, like if I hit my study goals for the week, Friday night I'm doing it. Or Friday night it's date night. Uh, we're going Cold Stone. <laughs> Whatever it is, uh, like have those have those little rewards. Uh, those you know, if you if you pass after you take far. And you pass it, you're going to do X. And you pass auditing, you're going to do X. And just have those have those little study goals along the way, and sorry, those those little study rewards along the way. Then those those big rewards, uh, I guess those medium rewards like a pass FAR, pass auditing, you know, pass regulation, etc. Um, and and then. The big big reward after I pass the whole thing I'm going to get so for me I bought myself a traeger grill so <laughs> I wanted one and that was my prize and uh, so that's how you stay motivated like your little mini motivations and then your you your big picture macro I don't know why I'm doing this your big picture big picture macro motivation like why do I why do I want to do this I want to Prove everyone wrong. I want to prove to the ASCPA that they can't beat me. I want to make more money. Um, I want to make my dad proud. All those things. Marie writes in Howdy, Jeff. I see many people failing auditing, including myself, even as I score mid to high 80s on practice tests. What would you estimate is the main tripping point? For us. Much thanks for all you do. Uh well, auditing is a different beast. Like regulation, it's black and white, it's tax law. Like there's no subjectivity. Far, very conceptual. BEC, a lot of calculations. Auditing is pretty subjective because it's it's you know auditing by its very nature is based on auditor judgment, and it really all hinges around their perception of internal control, and control risk and audit risk and all of that. And so on your auditing on your auditing exam, it can seem like there's more than one correct answer, and that's why auditing is kind of a but. <laughs> I've gotten emails from people like. Man, Jeff, I'm an auditor, and I can't pass auditing. Like, am I just the stupidest person in the world? No. Uh, you work in auditing, so there's a difference between real life auditing and um, auditing in a vacuum on a standardized test. So, and I think if if you if you think, okay, this is how we do it at work. Well, how you do it at work might not necessarily be how you do it on the exam, and auditing just just um, doesn't click with some people. Now, auditing is the exam that I passed in two and a half weeks, not because I'm super special, but because I'm a super procrastinator, and I was up against it, I was going to, my NTS was going to expire, and so um, I just, crammed for two and a half weeks, which is why I have a post on another 71, how to pass in 20 days, because that's what I did for auditing, despite the fact that I'm not an auditor, I've never been an auditor, but the material just clicked for me, Um, and so yeah. And so, when people are struggling with auditing, what I tell them is like, you really have to nail down internal control, and, and understand the relationship that ha- that internal control has with all of the other material. And once you nail that down, uh, it makes things a little bit easier, uh, because everything's relative to internal control, and, and control risk. <sighs> as far as the testing, the risk, etc. cetera. And so, if you're struggling with auditing, fire up your Ninja MCQ and just hammer into the internal control MCQ until like you're just sick of it. <laughs> even more, even more sick of it than you already are. And uh, I would I read read the Ninja notes as many times as you can. I would I would jump into like. Pick pick your, your top three auditing topics that you that you're really struggling with. Um, audit sampling, um, and internal control, whatever. And I would I'd really make sure that you watch at least three of the sparring videos over that. And definitely, um, if if you have if you have the Ninja Mon- Ninja monthly subscription, there is no reason why you're not watching the Ninja Cram. Other than just poor time management, or I don't know, maybe just <laughs> I get it. By the end of it, you're sick of it. You're just ready to go in there and YOLO, and um, and it, it's those, it's that extra weekend. It's that that final weekend. It's those extra hours. It's that last second studying before you go into prometric and just barf it all out all over your noteboards. Um, Work up to the last millisecond before you go in and take that exam, and then you can rest or whatever. And so, I'd watch sparring, I'd hammer Nim Jam I'd read the ninja notes as many times as possible, I would listen to the ninja audio until you hate my voice even more than you already do. Uh, and you can, you can, you can, you can recite my stupid 90s rap references and dad jokes. And you know how many times I smacked my lips in any given audit <laughs> in any given ninja audio session. Um etc. Watch the Ninja Cram, go in there, take your exam, and get auditing out of your life. So hope that's helpful. Toy writes in, I have a question for you. I tried to schedule my CPA exams near the end of the testing period. My dilemma is I'm scheduled for regulation on 1230 but I still have nearly half of the content to cover. I'm not sure if I will be ready by 12.30. So, if I want to reschedule, I will typically wait and schedule closer to 1.23. I feel like that may be too much time. What do you think your advice is appreciated? Okay. Half of the content left, and as of now, there's 12 days left, 11 days left. Uh. So you know, if this were a four week, so if you're halfway through, this would be like your week two out of four in a four week, and that's if you were studying over for regulation over a course over the course of four weeks and you're halfway through and you have twelve days left, fine. But but that's assuming you're studying like twenty five hours a week which is a pretty good clip. Uh, with Christmas, and Christmas Eve, and all the get-togethers, et cetera, if you're halfway through your material, I don't think it's realistic for you to make it by 1230. Okay, just being realistic. Um, now, if you punt to January January 23rd, I, I assume you mean January 23rd, not January 2023. Um, January 23rd, let's just say third week in January. I actually think that's right on time. So that's, you're halfway through, that, that gives you four weeks left, which gives you some cushion for Christmas, like, you know, maybe, one whole week will just be a waste, be a wash. Gives you three weeks of just intense study time. If it were me, I would reschedule for the end of January and just call it what it is, no shame in it, it's end of the year, Christmas. It's better to take your exam once and do well on it than ruin Christmas, because you're locked in your bedroom studying or whatever. See no one, because like Christmas is, is gonna come and go and you know, February 10th, you're like, man, I miss Christmas this year and I have a failing score to show for it. Don't do that. I would punt, I would reschedule your exam. Rajat writes in, are the ninja simulations enough to get prepared for the actual CPA exam Simulations, yes, they are. There are plenty of people who go the NINJA-only path and only use NINJA to pass the CPA exam. The the CPA exam simulations are really just another look at the concepts, with the exception of the research component. And I tell people to go to the AICPA website, aicpa.org, whatever, just just Google AICPA.org, um, CPA practice exam or whatever, and do the real thing, because the companies that have like a research component uh, in their test bank, like I'm sure that was expensive and it took it took a lot of time and money to get it kind of close to right. Nothing is nothing is exactly like the actual interface, and so. Why practice, if the whole point of, of doing, of practicing um, the research component is so that on exam day you can like execute it, you go in, go through um, the literature, <laughs> the, uh, the professional literature. My, my brain is drawing a blank. Um, the authoritative literature. <laughs> anyway, um, go through all that, and then find your answer and submit it or whatever. Like the only the only actual software that matters is the actual AICPA software, which mimics the exam day experience. That's what, that's what you want to practice, and you can do that for free. Okay, and so I actually don't even recommend doing any other test banks research component because why not just do the real thing and just do it once like learn how to do it and then that then you're golden you just need to know how to do it on, on exam day there's no practicing various scenarios you just know you just need to know how to do it um the the ninja mcq simulations like we have over 300 of them and it is not the strength of our software the strength of our software is our, our adaptive learning um, recon um, and the fact that it's built along the Upon the, the blueprint, and and I just I personally think we have one of the best test banks out there. Um, but our strength is in the MCQ and the tech, um, the actual like the, the the simulations. They're fine. There are other companies who do a better job than us of having it look like the actual exam day thing. Guess what? Those things, those uh, test banks, will cost you. Two to three thousand dollars, and that's not an excuse; just reality. And our our simulations are good enough, and we have more than you can possibly do. And some of them are very difficult. And conceptually, they test you the same as the big boys that are out there, Um, but just their interface just looks more like the actual exam, I think. But is that helpful? Maybe a little bit. Does does that make a difference as to whether or not you should use other simulations? No. If you already have another another courses like another two to three thousand dollar uh, course package, use it. Like do Ninja MCQ and do their simulations. That's great. Like why wouldn't you use it? Um, you won't hear any of those courses say, "Yeah, get use Ninja." <laughs> but uh, like whatever you've invested in, like. Use the best components of all of your programs. So, Ninja Notes, Ninja Audio, Ninja MCQ. Uh, maybe they have a better simulations. Use that. Maybe you like their videos better. Use that. Um, but if you only have Ninja, the Ninja MCQ CPA exam simulations are good enough. They're fine. More than you can possibly do. So, just, just do it. All right, well, that does it for this edition of the Another 71 podcast. If you have a question, send it to me, jeff at another71.com. That is jeff at another71.com. Again, Merry Christmas, everyone. Be good, take care, and I will talk to you soon.